the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear brethren, it is a great joy for me to celebrate this uh, fourth Sunday of Lent, a time of conversion, a time of penance, but during which we think about uh, this important uh, reality, joy, joy in spiritual life. Today, my dear brethren, we were supposed to have even an additional joy. We are supposed to have, uh, you don't know that, but um, we are supposed to have a pontifical mass here in this church, uh, celebrated by his eminence, uh, Cardinal Pell, whom, uh, as you know, has been always very supportive of all good and Catholic events throughout the world. He was a good friend of our community, and uh, we have prepared with him his visit to the Sacred Heart Church, but he was called to eternal life early this year. So he is with us in a special way today. We pray for him, for the repose of his soul, and I will offer Holy Mass for this intention. We have the joy on this occasion as well to have among us the sister adorers of the Royal Heart of Jesus Christ, Sovereign Priest. At least some of their member, members, those who are usually currently resident in Ardi, County Louth, at the house of, the most, of Our Lady of the Most Holy Rosary. As you know, they come here not only to, first of all, to pray, to sing, to edify all these young families, but also to take at the end of Mass a special collection to benefit their novitiate in Italy. So thank you in advance for your presence for your prayers for our dear sisters to whom we owe a lot, they pray a lot for our families and thank you in advance for your generosity towards this young community. And this is extended to all those who are physically present here as well as those who are watching us live, remotely, being in other parts of the world with whom we are united through prayer as well. And you will of course find a link in the description so, my dear brethren, Lent is a time for spiritual efforts. Lent is a time for resolutions, for conversion. To be honest, is that pleasant? Where is joy when we really think about that? Where is joy when we consider seriously that we have to renounce things, to make penances, to make sacrifices, to live even a more intense prayer life? to be more focused on our salvation, to let the Church lead us in her spirit of conversion. There is, we know that this is necessary, but we know as well that it's not always the most pleasant thing to do on earth. So to turn these land, to turn all these necessary activities into real joy, we have we must, as I often tell you, we must consider the end, the end in all things. That's so important. And what's the end of this Lenten period? In all things, we must consider the end. And this effort, all our efforts make sense really here and now, ik et nunc, if we look forward to the joy of the coming of Christ and the salvation that he has given to all on, of us in the Feast of Easter. So today we must be focused on the end. And we heard the beautiful gospel 
the, the, the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves by our Lord Jesus Christ, who was, as you know, the prefiguration of the greatest, the highest mystery of the Holy Eucharist. So the end is to see God, to contemplate God forever, to adore God forever, to be with God forever in eternal life. This is why we put a lot of work on our salvation, on effort, on resolutions, and we take that seriously. So this is how we can return any of these difficulties, these crosses from our times, all these different things that sometimes we even have not chosen, but we turn them into gifts, and we leave that to the good Lord. So we must really think about the end and renew our, our joy every day in front of the Holy Eucharist. And to do that, of course, we have this very encouraging example, edifying life from our sisters, for whom adoration of the Blessed Sacrament is, in a certain sense, even the first and the highest part, the most important part of their apostolate, of their life. They are preparing themselves as young novices to be the bride of Christ. What a beautiful title. What a beautiful title that describes their vocation, that describes how their heart have to be changed every day to become sweeter to the will of God, to invite the Divine King to reign within their soul, their bodies, their intelligence, their memories, all their faculties, all God gave them. So the Holy, Holy Eucharist really makes us joyful in a certain, certain manner. You may remember at the very beginning of Lent, on the first Sunday, when we read the Gospel, and we remember that the, the evil one tried to make our Lord transformed stones into bread. The Lord put the devil back in his place and he told him, not in bread alone does man live, but in every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So there is definitely a certain parallel between bread and the word of God, which gives true nourishment to our soul. Our Lord Jesus Christ miraculously fed the crowds with the five loaves of bread and the two fishes. And as you know, number five is important, for it signifies, the, it's a symbol for, of the Old Testament, whose core was the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Number, and Deuteronomy. So the five laws mean, the five laws of mean the law of Moses. And then the two fishes represent and express the double nature of our Lord Jesus Christ, both God and man, both human and divine. So when we join these five laws and two fishes, we see how the old law is completed in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we, we could consider as well the importance of these 5,000 men who were miraculously fed. And it also reminds us how many souls are still starving for God. 
I must tell you, for me, it's always great joy to, the, to see, even on St. Patrick's Day, the parade, which is currently being prepared again outside. It's a good thing. But the sad thing is that so many people even do not know God. They are dressed in green, green cloth, and have beautiful Irish flags and shamrocks. But who's really St. Patrick for them? You see, they are starving for God. And all these intentions, as well as all the intentions that our sisters often receive, we must keep them. We must remember how they also have to be fed. Their souls have to be nourished. All these souls have also have to convert. And it is our profound duty to pray for them, edify them, be charitable for them, be patient with them, and have a gentle heart for all of them. So you see, this is what we could do. And in a certain sense, that the sisters do in a very special way and very efficient way. They do not rely on their own skills, on their own talents, but they simply try at God's time to identify themselves with this miracle the multiplication of the laws, to identify themselves with God. Their rule says, in adoration before the monstrance, the sister adorers will contemplate the divine victim with whom they wish to be identified. And again, they will adore their king in the blessed Eucharist by which he wishes to reign. You see, my dear brethren, we must also have a good heart and welcome our sister, the sister adorers, today, on this special day, the few of them who came from Ardi, but also being united with all their other houses and convents all over the world. Thank God they now serve in seven countries in the world. They serve in the United States of America, in England, in Germany, in France, in Italy, in Switzerland and their contemplative life also allow them to be close to us, to work and to be very efficient, to place all our intentions daily at the foot of the Blessed Sacrament, but also to be close to us, to encourage us and to help us. That's why I must tell you, even especially as a priest, as being in charge of this beautiful church, we owe them a lot. I think there is not a single time when I go to RT and visit our sisters and uh, that I don't tell them, I don't give them any prior intentions. This is their first, intent, first vocation as well, and this is why they are here. They, with them, my dear brethren, we could really count on their presence to help us and also to be present close to our families in the schools, in um, summer camps, in the retreat centers, in uh, the visits of the elderly. These are as many examples of their apostolates. So once again, my dear brethren, I thank you for praying for our sisters. I thank you for your generosity to their, towards their young community. And dear sisters, thank you again so much for coming. Thank you again from the best part of my heart for all your prayers, for your consecrated life. May God bless you throughout the world. May God bless you through the intercession of St. Patrick in Ireland.
In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.